This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, fuckos? How you doing, fam? Friends? Fellow archers? Man, a lot of shit's gone down in the last, like, three weeks of archery. Can you guys believe it? Uh, a lot of, a lot of cool, um, cool stuff coming out. Um, we got a special episode. I got a guest on tonight, so you guys don't gotta hear me solo babble. The guest tonight is a good friend of mine, um, Doug Rosin, and he's been on this show before, and he's really he's really breaking through here. He just won um, field nationals, men's division, um, in, up in Darrington. Uh, I know you guys all know a bunch of people that went. Darrington is no easy fucking course. Uh, the scores were... Very interesting. We'll go over the scores um, in a second. But, Doug, I mean, the Duke goes to every outlaw, right? He shoots every event in California. Oh, I'm going to say every event he can attend, he's at in California. Um, he'll go to Oregon. He does all. He does everything. I mean, shit, Darrington's in Washington. But I'm trying to paint this picture of a guy who just does not give up. And was really cool about seeing... Doug Wynn Darrington is I've known Doug for a couple years and I've known him to always be like on a safari round he's like a 915-ish shooter he's plus or minus out of the 915 right he's he's like 915 and he's either a couple up or a couple down I've seen Doug struggle and whether it be mental or or his equipment or whatever and then to see him go out and just like just put a clinic on um, doing field archery, which is technical. Plus, this isn't Darrington, which is a technical course. Um, it's just awesome to see. It's good to see one of your friends doing good, getting over a hump or getting to a new level, you know. And uh, Doug is no different. It could be that. Doug's always been at this level and and has shot under. Or it could be he rose to the occasion. I, I like to think he rose to the occasion. Um, you know, like I said, he's 915 guy. He, that's a solid, solid safari guy. And now he's, he's up from that, you know. So we're going to get Doug on. I'm going to pick his brain about a bunch of stuff. Um, but aside from that, let's talk about the scores. All right, so here's a couple things I want to frame. Uh, I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but okay. When I shot field nationals, I shot it in Mechanicsburg, and I stand by that being an easier version of this. Damn it, wife just called. Sorry, guys. So, um, yeah, okay. So Darrington, I've always considered Darrington harder than Mechanicsburg. All right, it's the same. I mean. Same format. It's field archery. It's put on by the NFAA. It's basically who's the big swinging dick for field archery, right? Um, th- I shot at Mechanicsburg. It's a five-day event. 
or at least it was when I did it. It was a five-day event in Mechanicsburg. Um, you get to two stabs, basically, at a field round, and then you get two stabs at a hunter, and then you get one stab at an at a animal round. Mechanicsburg is flat. It's in Pennsylvania. I think maybe there was a half-yard cut once, right? Um, I've never been to Darrington. I haven't shot Darrington. Uh, it sounds scary from what I've heard, but basically... Darrington is three days, so you get one shot at everything. You don't get do-overs, um, at least as far as I can tell. I'm going to ask Doug about it, but I'm pretty sure it's one shot only. Um, so you get that. You get one shot at it, and then it's technical. I, I've heard a handful. If you just look at the posts, people are like, dude, <laughs> this is a course, right? So let's go over the scores. Let's talk about the scores. All right. In the in the pro division, you have James Letts taken first with a six forty nine field round, six forty eight hunter, and in round five eighty three with a total eighteen eighty. Um this is impressive. So the way they do the pro scores, they count X's as um they count X's as an extra point. X is basically six. So the pro scores are going to sound different. If you guys want to figure out, if you're not in the pro division, you want to figure out where you would land amongst the pros, you simply take your X count, add it, you know, add it to your overall score. And that'll kind of tell you where, how you, you know, how you be. Pretty cool, James. Let's take him first. What the hell? Let's fucking just came out swinging for the last few events. <laughs> I should say punching. Come out punching. Um, I know he signed with Matthews. BFD, right? No big surprise. But, dude, the impressive thing with Lutz is the fucking... Not only is he a puncher, but he doesn't run a crap ton of weight on his bow either. So, his dude's like the king of drive-bys, or I don't know what. Let's just say he's got a good shot. Let's say he's got a good shot. Put that together. Stefan Hansen, uh, literally two points behind James Lutz. So that is a tight, tight fucking match. Um, Kyle Douglas, third place right behind the both of them. Uh, three points behind Hansen, five points behind Lutz. Incredible. Two punchers at the top of the fucking... You know, tough field archery of all things. Fourth place is Bodie Turner, one point below Kyle Douglas. So, I mean, damn. Damn. These guys outpaced Bodie. I don't know if you guys remember last year, but it was like Bodie and Gaius shooting just clean fucking field rounds. Um, impressive, impressive stuff. For the women's class, first place is Paige. By a fucking crap ton. So, to the other women, I'm sorry, but Paige is the juggernaut. Going to Freestyle Men's Pro, we got Tim Gillingham taking a fat lead with an 1834, followed by Bill Drake with an 1814, followed by our man Mark Rubio with an 1812. So, Tim really, I mean, Tim put a clinic on here. Uh, 145 X's. Bill Drake with 146 X's. And then uh, our boy, 
Rubio 133Xs. So, I mean, that, that tells you Gillingham has eaten his Wheaties, amongst other things, for this field round. Benton Christensen, he was in there. He's in the mix. Him and Rubio were both kind of sitting second and third, and I think Bill Drake was in fourth after day one, if that was a field round. And then those guys, uh, you know, Mark shot a, a, a great 6.19. Benton shot a 6.13, and that let Bill Drake pull ahead with 6.23. Gillingham with a 6.28. Again, incredible shooting. Um, going on to the adult male freestyle. Uh, we got Logan Hamilton uh, coming in first. And my good friend Travis Poole in second, Oregon's own. Dude shot a 550 for the field, 551 for the hunter, 574. I'm sorry, this is Travis. I, these other dudes deserve their respect, but my my buddy just got second on the podium. I got to talk about him first. Uh, and I'm around 574. Um, shot a 1675 total, 136 X's. Good job, Travis, dude. You went out there, you fucking. I mean, you shot amongst Sean Elza, Kit Pacheco. John Scar, you shot against. I mean, Alex Mueller was there. You shot against some uh, some bad boys here. Sam Sturza, that dude's a badass. I like Sam. Um, Smokey Doremus, I shot with him in Redding. Smokey's cool. What the hell is Smokey doing in this class? Isn't he an older guy? So anyway, Logan Hamilton shot a 5:45 field. So he started off rocky. He started off, I think, in fourth. Picked it up for the Hunter with a 555 and had a fucking crushing 581 animal round. So if that tells you anything, you can make up a lot of ground on the animal round. Good shooting, Logan Hamilton. Alex Cooley, another badass dude from Idaho. Um, 550 field on day one, 552 Hunter, 573. Very similar score to Travis. I mean, between the two of them, they both scored 1675. Uh, Travis pulled ahead by X count, so stellar, stellar. I love it, guys. Uh, let's see, Sean Elza, uh, uh, amazing shooter we've had on this show a couple times. He shot great in Reading. Sean shot a, a 548 day one, 554 on the Hunter, 571 on the Animal, finished out with a 1673, simply two points behind Travis and Alex. So Sean shot great. Kit Pacheco shot great. Uh, what else we got? John Scar was in the mix. Alex Mueller. Scott Street. Scott Street's a cool motherfucker. I shot with him in Reading. Um, let's see. How did Scott do? 543 day one. 538 day two. 564 on the animal. 1648. Let's see. Can we get some honorable mentions here? Who shot Who shot 50 plus? Uh, just the big boys. Just the guys up top. All right. Um, Kaylee and Isabel Geisebuehler smoked it in the adult female freestyle. Okay, here's an honorable mention right here. Isabel shot a 555 on the field, 552 on the hunter, 578 on the animal, f finishing out with 1685. So she took a, what is that about? A, what's my math saying? She took a fat lead, basically, eight point lead above her sister. Um, Kaylee and Kaylee had a massive lead against Heather Stewart, the third third place girl. Not to take away from Heather, all right. She she podiumed and uh, 
it's no easy um you know it's no easy task getting up there but goddamn 555 Isabel's field round I want to say I want to say I mean that's I mean Logan Hamilton matched that in the on the hunter round 552 so these these girls <laughs> essentially Isabella shot 2550 round 5 550 plus uh both days um her sister shot a 551 so Kaylee shot a 551 on the field 548 on the hunter 578 on the animal for 1677 and then going to this I'm just going to skip ahead to the scores that I really want here it's right here Doug Rosin first place uh for the senior male freestyle I think I said it was men's freestyle earlier but we're gonna, let me correct that in this episode and say it's a senior male freestyle Doug shot up 547 on the field round 548 on the hunter 577 on the animal round for a total of 1672 with 136 X's. Um, I was comparing Doug's score to some of the the pros. Um, I want to say a senior male pro, you know, the championship class. He would have been up in the mix in the top five easily with that score. So I might, you know, ask Doug if he's going to go pro, if he's thinking about getting that pro card or not. I think it's time. I mean, Wilderness Archery can't have enough pro shooters, apparently. <laughs> I shouldn't say apparently. That kind of changes the connotation of that sentence. But why not add another one? Doug's earned it. God damn it. Um, Joseph Malicote in second place. Uh, he shot a 543. Field and Hunter. And then 575 on the animal. I hate to say it. Doug beat you on every single day there. Damn. Third place was Daryl... Darren Delogier. I like that name. Delogier from Oregon. 536, 540, 575 for a total of 1651. Stiff competition all around, guys. So, holy crap. This is Freestyle Master Senior Male. Gunny shot a 550. You guys all know Gunny. Gunny McKee. Older dude. Always sporting a, sporting a Matthews jersey. I'll be honest. I never thought... Gunny was some kind of beast, but judging by these scores, 550, 544, and then a 571, he is some kind of beast. <laughs> God damn. Uh, hats off to you, Gunny McKee. He's got like a snake skin or something tied around one of his stabilizers. It's stuff like that that makes me go, mm, are you a be Are you are you in it for the pageantry? And then he goes out and shoots a score like that, and I go, okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll be over here. Uh, making jokes from my keyboard and not actually shooting it. <laughs> so hats off guys. That's pretty badass. Uh good scores all around. I love field archery. Um I hope me just ripping off scores didn't uh bore the shit out of you. Um and archery news. I'm sure you guys have heard of competition archery. Was it is competition archery arrow points? Competition archery products. Um they make arrow points. They got a little half-off sale going on right now. Um, but it's only on certain certain arrow points. They make a cool-looking black, like, ultra-pointy. <laughs> they call it the 3D Knockbuster Ballistic. It's like um, it's like if you turn Madonna's bra into uh, an arrow point. You get this old, you know, old-style super cone. Um, it's black. 
So you're going to get some cool points off of that. Um, but yeah, competition archery products. You guys might have heard um, Jesse Broadwater is taking it over now. I don't think that means any you know anything's going to be different. It, I mean, they're just going to be turning on the same machine. So um, if you guys like Broadwater, you can support them by buying this shit. Not that there's anything wrong with these. I like the uh, Smith Brothers points, but it's solely because it's like what I would consider local. It's East or West Coast, and uh, Jordan Barons, the guy that runs it, is like one of the coolest, uh, one of the coolest dudes I've met. Probably my favorite, <laughs> my favorite dude from up north. So let's see what else is going on. Um, okay, I got some cool shit for you guys. I got a new bow. I got an Elite Remedy. So I shouldn't say new because I think the Remedy is from 2021. Let's see. Let me chat. Let me Google this. Let me fact check it for Jim. I am correct. It was released in 2021. And uh, I got this. You know, I have a verdict, right? Um, but I chose a Remedy because I wanted, like, the verdict is a wonderful bow. It's just heavy. Um and I know that's a, a bitch thing to complain about. So I got a remedy. It has the same set technology. So you, it's that's one of the features that I like most about the Elite Bows. You can adjust the set technology, basically canceling the torque out in your hand, and you can bear shaft tune, right? It's the best way to tune, at least in my experience. I, I really enjoy it. Um, but I'll tell you guys, I had I'll tell you more about it. I had like a little theory that I worked out with the remedy in it, and my theory was correct. So, I went for the Remedy because it's a 34-inch axle axle, you know. Um, I wanted a bow that I could do a lot, a lot of very versatile size bow. Uh, I think in the last podcast I said at one time target bows were 34-inch axle axle. And my friend Jim pretty much crawled inside my asshole after he heard that. He was so pissed. Um, I think I triggered him. I guess that wasn't a true statement. I guess bows have always been long axle to axle. <laughs> I just you know, talked down my ass. So uh, I got the Remedy, um, and I got 340 spine LRTs, okay, uh, the gold tip LRT. And I had this idea to build a heavy, you know, robust hunting arrow. Um, I got two dozen LRTs, and I have one dozen just for target archery. I'm going to try them for target. If you punched this spine into Archer's Advantage, it would come out as super stiff or overly stiff. And I knew that would happen. I was picking a stiff arrow. But um, at one point, Kevin Wilkie had told me that you can shoot any stiffer spine. He said it's not... I mean, he kind of said it in passing, and he always tells me not to quote him. But I, I was telling him that, you know, I shoot a 500 spine. Should I shoot fired it for four? And he goes, shit, you can shoot 300. It doesn't matter as long as you tune your bow right. And at the time, I was shooting a Hoyt. So it meant anything beyond, you know, slightly stiff was going to give me some kind of left tear. Um, but, you know, I have, like I said, I have crazy torque, lobster claw hand, and, uh, you know, bear shaft tuning issues, basically. Um so I thought about what he said. If your bow's tuned right, you can shoot any spine. And then a long time ago, I had watched a video, and a guy was talking about how it had something to do with broadhead tuning, right? 
and how veins react to broadheads and such. And he was saying if you start to get too weak on a spine, what happens is you lose energy. Like energy, I guess this would be for penetration on an animal. But energy is lost in that arrow via the arrow flexing and wiggling. Which makes sense to me, you know. I mean, I kind of get, um, what's the word, skeptical when I see, you know, especially archery guys try to use crazy like engineering terminology to prove their point you know what i mean and, and they might not have the full grasp of what they're saying but it sounds good i get real uh you know skeptical but what this guy was saying made sense basically when you start to get on the edge of slightly weak you lose energy in that arrow flexing it's going to flex more he says you want to go he says going a little stiffer is okay and then I've heard some people say, you know, same same kind of videos, you know, same videos in the algorithm on YouTube, that if you go too stiff, your broadheads are going to fly like shit, right? Um, so I went too stiff. I got 340s. I kind of fletched up some arrows on the side of caution with, like, four fletch three-inch veins, which was overkill. Um, I fletched up another set of arrows with three... Blazer veins. The bare minimum is what I would call it. Three blazer veins. The three blazer veins group just as good as my four Fletch three-inch Q2Is. And you're saying, okay, well, how does it group? Fucking amazing. So I'm shooting arrows that are overly stiff into tight fucking groups with a broadhead on. And I'm, I'm shooting both a rage practice point and a kudu. Which are kind of on the on the milder side of broadheads, but they're two of my favorites because they fly really good. Um, so you have it all the way out to eighty yards, tight fucking groups. Um, and I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot a stiff spine for target archery next year. I'm still trying to figure out what my plan is gonna be. Whether I'm gonna, you know, try to make a push to shoot indoor, or if I'm gonna just wait and shoot outlaws next year but uh you know it doesn't mean i'm not out there actively flinging arrows trying to figure the shit out so there you have it guys like it i know i'm not giving you anything special here but wilkie was right you can shoot an overly stiff arrow and get amazing results assuming your form is good the bow is tuned or the bow is tuned for your form and uh you're not getting some kind of weird vein contact or anything weird like that. So I'm telling you guys, I got the remedy. I'm extremely happy with it. It's made me kind of fall in love with archery again. And to be honest, I've just, I've never been hornier for a bow, but this bow just makes me want to get out and shoot all damn day. Like every time my, my boss gives me a, a nod that I can leave early, I'm going right to the range. So, um, yeah, I can't believe I'm doing all these fucking elite commercials for free. Just so you guys know, elite doesn't give me anything. Okay. The people that hook me up are West coast archery. So those are my people. Um, and, uh, the owners of West coast hooked me up with this bow and I, I just couldn't be happier. <clears throat> I'm 
I'm literally happier than a black guy seeing magic for the first time. And I I will not go back. I don't think I'll shoot any other bow for a little while. Unless Elite releases another 34-inch or 35-inch axle axle. Like the old uh, the Revol. The thing is, it's this set technology is what is the key. This pivoting rear limb pocket, that's the fucking ticket. Because it cancels out your your hand torque. It gives you the ability to bear shaft tune. Even if you're a fucking dope or a klutz. It's so easy. So, I mean, is it going to win me something? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Still, you still got to practice. Even if you can bear shaft tune, you still got to practice. So, all right, guys. So that's my little uh, my little spiel here. Um, going to be bringing Doug in, in a little bit to pick his brain. So, I hope you guys stick around for that. All right. All right, guys. I'll talk to you all soon. Enjoy. All right, guys. I'm here with my friend, Doug Rosin. How you doing, Doug? Good. How you been, Wendell? Excellent, man. Thank you for being on the show again. Uh, always my pleasure. Two times on this show. I only, yeah, yeah. I only try to interview the guys that are whooping ass. <laughs> and well. uh, you definitely, you, as they say, did one for the books this last weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, pretty good week for me, dude. Okay, you're one of these humble guys too. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, how are you, how are you not just feeling like you're on fire right now? Do you feel that? Uh, way? No, no. It, it was uh, there was a there was some struggle at times. So really, um, yeah, it was uh, first time I've ever been to field nationals and. Mm-hmm. I really expected to be middle of the road when you look at, you know, historical scores, but you don't have a comparison because you don't know what ranges they shot. Correct. You know, Mechanicsburg's a little bit different than Darrington by a long shot. By so, a long shot. That's yeah. I did a little so, intro f- to this show, and I I made a big point of that. Is that, uh, you know, mechanic Mechanicsburg is is very flat, very calm. Uh, you know, there's no wind or anything. And yeah. from what Mark's told me, you know, uh, Darrington is a beast. Yeah, it was, you know, they have, they used to have five. They only have four courses there now. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of them's on the flat, mm-hmm. pretty mild. And then the other three are in the, on the side of this mountain. And it's, it's legit. It's some really steep shots, a bunch of side hill stuff. So a lot more technical than the, the down in the flat area. Yeah. So, so let me ask, Doug, they have four courses. Did they let you shoot any of these twice, like field hunter rounds twice? No, not for us. The only ones who did were the, I believe, the silver seniors or master seniors uh-huh. did shoot the flat course on day one and day three. Okay. Uh, but we shot... I think we shot them in the order of hardest to less hard uh-huh. the way our rotation was. Our rotation went Bobcat, which I think was the hardest course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we shot the um, Coyote second and then the Cougar last. I think is how he went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, were, they were legit. I mean, I was – cool really cool shots on some that were really steep with side hill and some significant cuts along with some really really tough uphill ones so yeah i you know i noticed 
well, you know, Mark's told me that he loves this place because it's super technical. Um, mm-hmm. And just looking at the scores, you know, the guys that smoked house in Mechanicsburg didn't do the same, you know, it, it wasn't like a cakewalk for those guys. This was a tough, this was a tough shoot. Correct. And when I looked at scores, because I've never gone to field nationals because I just don't it. I never just thought I could, could compete. Mm-hmm. And even driving up there, I thought, you know, you look at scores from the last one, and there's some, even the senior guys, they, they're dropping in the mid-50s in places. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll be, I'll be middle of the pack, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I top 10, it would be pretty good, good, pretty good weekend. Uh, but the courses were worth several points on each 28 to me. Uh, uh-huh. they, they were tough. Uh, I have no doubt. I mean, you know, we're looking at, you know, Bodie Turner's score. He's not, you know, he's not stroking out of there on top of the world. Well, you know, B- Bodie had a, a faux pas. He had oh, he did? him and Gaius. Yeah. Him and Gaius both. The way I heard the story is they walked up to the 45 yard field, mm-hmm. the walk up, the 45, 40, 35, 30. Uh-huh. And proceeded to shoot three arrows at 45 before oh. anyone recognized that it was a walk-up or mentioned it to him. So they actually went, they went six zero zero six on that target. Oh, rats. Um, so, you know, Bodie, that's 12 points. And I think he only lost by six. So he, he probably would have walked away from that with a win had he not Holy had a faux pas. But I'll tell you, there were a lot of those, instances mm-hmm. where people shot the wrong target didn't shoot it in the correct order uh a lot of misset sights from moving from one position to the other so that's part of the field game is mm-hmm. uh paying attention to all that yeah Do the you technical think... stuff that's not really part of the actual executing of the arrow right right do you think the uh, difficulty in the course added to that you know kind of um I don't want to say confusion, but, you know, the thing that draws people away from their focus. Maybe for the lay person, for Bodie and Gaius, Mm -hmm. I mean, a 45-yard target ain't shaking them up. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, it's it's easy to see because their, their courses aren't laid out where, like, it's just only a field course on that 14. The field stakes, the animal stakes, the hunter stakes are all on every single target, and they're raised up about a foot, foot and a half off the ground. So there are stakes everywhere in the lanes, and it can just be confusing if you don't walk up and pay attention and go, hey, there's four white stakes here. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the, the target numbers, you know, we would say like 16, and then it would say like 45W, W being for walk up. But it could also say like 18 and it could just say 45 and it doesn't have the W. So if you're not really focused on the non-executional part of the shot and paying attention, you could easily slip up. Yeah. And obviously it, it did because it caught two of the best pros two going. Two of the best. Yeah. The guys that shot the best scores last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it's part of the field game is paying attention to everything prior to the actual pulling the arrow back. So, yeah, it's one of the uh, things I love about field archery. It, yeah, you know? I do too. 
it's a dying breed, but I do enjoy it because it, you do have to keep your head in the game. Yeah, it's like a sport. A lot more than it's, yeah. it's like a fucking sport. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so, Doug, what was the first target that you started on? Like on, on day one, what target face were you on? Uh, we all st- shot the same thing. We all shot field first day, okay, hunter second day, animal, animal third, third day. day, and that's the rotation as far as I know for every field, national, every state field, everything. That's a two day event mm-hmm. uh, for the for our state, or a three day event for the nationals. Mm-hmm. And so you shot a uh, a five forty seven on the first day. How did that go? Yeah, down? were you uh, happy with that? Were you feeling good? You know, I. I do what I typically do. Like when I practice, I was usually shooting around, you know, kind of like that 547 to maybe 550, 551, 552 some days. And I typically shoot about 65 X's. If I have a really good day, I might shoot, you know, 130, but not too much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I shot really well right up to the end. You know, we had two targets left and I think, I was only 11 down and I thought, you know, 550 or 549 would be really good. And I started thinking about it and I, I basically shit the bed on the the 60 yard target or my second to last target. Uh I shot an 18 on it. And I was just, I was just like, man, I can't just give it up at the end because you, you start, you start getting result oriented instead of just focusing on the arrow in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then our last target, was our practice target because you always have a practice target at on a field field round and it's a relatively steep 55 yarder side hill downhill that has about you know i think the rangefinder said take two yards off of it and i only oh. took a yard because because i know my tendency is is i'm probably going to miss low if i'm going to miss anywhere mm-hmm. so and unfortunately i I pulled my head out of my ass and shot a 20 on that. Which, <laughs> 20, you 20 the hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the 60 yarder was not hard. It was maybe right downhill at like three degrees. It was really one of those ones that you just look at and go, I, I should 20 this mm-hmm. if I shoot good arrows. And I didn't, I just, you know, I, I got a little bit ahead of myself and, um, but, but at the time, we're not peer we're not peer group yet so uh-huh. the guys i'm shooting with i don't i don't know who they are i don't know what they're capable of and they weren't shooting their best um so i just figured we were in a group of you know nobodies and uh-huh. all the good shooters were somewhere else on the course with us mm-hmm. uh so i didn't know that 547 was going to be a good score until later on that night when all the scores started Mm-hmm. Tackling. You know, we had we had live scoring, but I don't follow along. I I can barely keep track of you know setting my sight and stuff, so I don't look at the scores <laughs> right. as I go. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I wait till it you know later yeah. on in the evening. Yep, that's um, that's how I did it. So you know, you have a handful of fans here at home in California, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the you know right towards the end of the day, Jim Padilla texts me and he says Doug's in the lead. And I was, it was right at the time that I was looking at it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's where I texted you. I texted you, you know, yeah. well done. You know, you're doing great. I try not to get too like, oh, I'll break out the, you know, I, you know, break yeah, out the whiskey. Yeah. Cause it, you got th- a whole weekend of shooting. There, there's a lot of arrows left. Uh, yeah. And it was, I think I only had 
had four points on the next person. So mm-hmm. four points with, you know, basically a thousand more points available. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's plenty of, plenty of room to throw up on myself. Exactly. So what was your X count on the 547? Uh, 65. So kind of, kind of just what I've been shooting at home, just kind of my practice rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot with Mark Rubio and Yolo the week before we shot a full, uh, I think we shot a full hunter or full field run and a full animal. Oh, and cool. that's about where I was at. I was just kind of, you know, I don't know what my score was, but it was close to that. Uh-huh. It wasn't anything spectacular. Right. I didn't have like a breakout day where I was super confident that this is what I'm taking to Washington. Right. It was about your average. Yeah. Just another ho-hum day. Now, and that's the way my year's kind of been a ho-hum year. I've had ups and downs. And so that's – I want to get back into your weekend. But mm-hmm. you, the way you wrote your you know, your social media post was something that I had – you know, I know you had a ho-hum sort of a year just – the, when we talk in passing and yeah. I know you've had ups where you've had phenomenal days and phenomenal weekends. And then you've had, you know, other days where you're just like, nah, you know, shit. Yeah. And it was really the thing that I thought was awesome was that you had a great weekend under intense pressure away from home at a national. And I think, um, you know, uh, you know, I say sometimes the goal is to not let the demons get you, or if they do get you, you shake them. And it seemed like, to me, you just outpaced, you know. Well, I know you said you had your, you know, the one target on the field, but it seems like you outpaced, you know, the bad thoughts or the intrusive thoughts and just shot your game all weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I struggled more uh, on Sunday than any day. The animal day? Animal target. The day. animal day. Although you know, I shot a good score. I just you did it, shoot the highest in it, your in your class it, by. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate. I shot the highest score each day uh-huh. and the highest X count each day. But like nobody knows what your sight picture looks like when you're shooting, other than you. Right. And on the on the animal round, I can tell you, my my arrows landed better than the shots were. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you're shooting small dots to begin with. So like for me, like I hear people talk and they say, yeah, I I can hold right on those little dots. And I'm like, well, good for you, but I can't, (laughs) I have to let it, I have to be comfortable enough to let it wiggle around it and try and break it where my body's correcting it to get it back in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I felt like I, had a better result than the site picture showed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. I could have easily, I think I could have easily missed 10 of those dots and I would have been, well, that's kind of where the shot was. I just happened to catch them. Uh, now, simple so, as that. It's, would you chalk that up to executing well? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sunday was, I think you and I text briefly about, um, Sunday, well, Saturday we got peered up. Okay. So the top four were on the same bail. And and that's the I hunter start, target I, I, day. Yeah, and which is my favorite. I yes. would much rather shoot a hunter face than a field face. I'm right there with week. you. I love the hunter target. So, you know, we get our first target. It's a practice target. And we shot the 53-yard walk-up as our practice target. Mm-hmm. And I think I 
I think I had 19 three X it and the other three guys all shot like 17s on it. So it kind of was like, well, maybe I'm not at a place here. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, maybe I just thought I can hang with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I shot, I shot a really good hunter round and literally again until the very end. I mean, I was, I think I shot a 48 on Saturday, Yes, but I finished 18, 18 and I missed two at 48, one at 44 and one at 41. So what I would consider, you know, not very difficult shots. Right. And I, I did that all on nerves. I was getting nervous, uh, wondering if I still, you know, you know where people you're shooting with these guys, but mm-hmm. I'm not keeping track of running totals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just, I know I'm shooting. Okay. Yeah. You have that feeling but, that you're, yes, but you're peered up and yeah. you want to do well. And I, but those last two targets were, were very nervous for me. And the worst part was, is I made the first two shots I made. And then the second two shots on each target, I, I missed. And it just, I, I know their nerves. When I get a little nervous, I tend to heal the bow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all four of those arrows shot out the top. And I could just tell I got a little pushy with it. Yep. I just pushed them high right out of the dot. You're saying was... this, but I think people should understand. You're shooting fours. <clears throat> And you're just out, like I. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were both just just out of the top of the dot by, you know, just a small amount, the width mm-hmm. of an arrow, but they score the same as if I missed it by four inches. So <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when once we added everything up, I increased my lead, which helped because I, I felt like I. I shot really well all day until the very end. Yeah. I just and plus you're with I your peers when gave, they. When they yeah. group you with your peers, there's a little bit of pressure, like, oh man, like yeah, these are the savages. Way more than you think. Oh, yeah, uh, way more than you think. Even if you have a lead, yeah, um, because you you get to watch them, and you can see they're capable too, mm-hmm. and they're getting nervous as well. Yeah, and it it just changes things. This this is the first term I've ever shot where they peer grouped that I can remember. I don't ever remember getting peered up day two or day three right you know, they don't do it at reading correct uh, they do do it at state field uh-huh. but it's not it's not the same right because at state field everybody you shoot against you've been shooting against all year yeah you know we'll see guys. each other at outlaws yeah correct yeah it, so. it kind of reminds me of vegas um in flights when you make it to like flight one or you know whatever the mm-hmm. your sunday flight is you know and you're with all these guys that shot the score that you shot it's like oh shit you know what i mean you gotta yeah. it's time to muster up some strength here and break out of this group or mm-hmm. or die trying you know yep and you know they have the same like for me i i threw up at the end of the round well those guys probably were thinking oh, i threw up at the end but i finished or at the beginning and i finished strong so you got to shoot with them all day 112 arrows you know these guys can shoot them in the middle so there's not a lot of room yeah you know wiggle room you know these guys can shoot yeah as well as you can yeah if you give them an inch they're going to take it yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah that no one's no one's playing soft for generosity or anything like that correct no one's giving you a thing (laughs) yeah so you said you were talking about healing the bow a little bit under pressure doug what what Mm -hmm. bow did you take um 
Uh, I'm shooting the TRX 38, the Gen 2. Good old-fashioned 38. Yep, it's... I don't know. I You've done really good work I, with that bow, Doug. I I tried to shoot a uh, Invicta earlier this year, and I mm-hmm. shot it okay. Um, and I shoot it because I'm buddies with Zach, and I feel almost like a little obligation to shoot his bow. Um, <laughs> but I don't shoot it as well, and ultimately I, I got to shoot what what I feel I shoot the best or else I'm yeah. just out there playing for fun. This is the other thing that I, I wanted to bring up is that you're not a guy that's bound to, I mean, you definitely could be if you wanted to, but you're not a guy who's bound to any manufacturer. You're literally going to shoot the bow that feels best to you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never had a, the only contracts I've ever signed were for spot hog when I was shooting bone or freestyle. Other than that, I've never signed a contract with any company for anything, but I've never had a lot of opportunity to do so. Well, I think... um, most of my stuff is all through Mike at Wilderness, mm-hmm. my shopshooter stuff. I get shopshooter forms for my arrows. I get shopshooter forms for my bows. Um, stabilizers are all just shopshooter forms. I, no one's giving me uh, anything and no one's banging on my door to sign me to anything, but you know, I'm not a pro, so the pros are the ones who usually get those kind of yeah. kind of deals. But I mean, even Mark, I, he's a pro, you know, crushing it on the on the big scene, and and he's a shop guy too. Yeah, he started as a shop guy, but he's he's got a lot of uh, opportunities since he's won Vegas and Reading. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to <laughs> make, start calling him Hollywood. N- make no mistake, he's <laughs> he's got a few new decals on his shoes. <laughs> uh, still Jenny from the block, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, okay. But Mark's been shooting great, so that's it's it's great to be just it, all to be around guys, guys like that. All you guys have been rubs, shooting great. It it'll rub off on you shooting with better people. So oh, fully. Mark Mark has uh, drugged me along for sure. You guys have a mean camp of of killers at your shop, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, it truly. I mean, yeah. it, you know, you, Caleb, uh, Randy, you know, yeah, uh, all you guys. I was killers. hoping I was hoping Randy and Caleb both would come up to nationals. Uh, because it is a, you know, like I said, it's it was the first time I've been there, and I wish I'd gone before because it's quite an experience to to shoot um, that event. I think if you're a field archer, it, it's pretty pretty cool. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! I, you know, Mark's been selling Darrington to me this whole time. The only reason why I haven't is because I'm scared of things that are difficult. So <laughs> that's why you, you would have done just fine. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, you would have. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, Doug, you made a really humble post about, you know, you know, having your ups and downs from what I've seen out of you this year, you're definitely shooting above where you shot last year, you know, and like the year uh, before, it seems like you've, you've made improvements. I I don't well it's it's hard saying because I only I compare it to like safari stuff mm-hmm. like watch. this year yeah I have not shot safari events very well this year mm-hmm. I've I kind of get in my own way sometimes sometimes I start off slow and then I pick it up in the middle and then I mm-hmm. fall off at the end or I start off hot and I slow at the end but my scores have not been as as on a as a group 
my average has been down. And some of it is I have to just realize that they're probably going to continue to go down a little bit because I'm getting older and it's not quite as. Well, what about your personal, your personal best, Doug? Did you have not, did you not shoot a higher personal best this year than usual? Where at? I can't remember. No, <laughs> the highest of it I shot this year on a 42 was only a 16 mm-hmm. and it was at El Dorado Hills, which is their dots were big. I mean, the weather didn't help. The weather was bad, but the dots were big. So mm-hmm. you can't do it. Other than that, I think I shot 12s and 13s most of the year. Sometimes uh, those big even, dots can fuck people. Yeah, up they, too. they, <laughs> they <laughs> mentally let you. <laughs> They, they tell you that you can get away with more, but you still need to break a good shot. Exactly. And, but, exactly. But I, I just didn't didn't shoot well. I, I missed set a side of the tournament and shot a zero. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've rarely done that. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, 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 th- I feel like I've struggled this year. I didn't shoot a great score at Reading. I've, um, that's the thing. I've seen you struggle, but I've also seen you have, like, really sharp weekends. Yeah, I've had some... You know, like the first the first day at Break the Barriers, mm-hmm. I shot I shot mediocre to below average, and uh, some of that was because I was in awe. I was shooting with Jesse and yes, Johnny right. Thacker. That's right. And You're on the it's team. hard not to get get absorbed by just watching those guys because they are so good. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I I was like eighteen. I think I was either 18 or 16 points behind mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'm done. So the next day I just went out there and tried to shoot good arrows and, you know, watch the master do his, his craft and trying to learn something. And I, I pounded that day, probably the best day of archer I've had this year mm-hmm. uh, to come back. So it, it's been, it, it's literally like a Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I've just, I don't know. I, yeah. I wish I shot better. I wish I guess I wish I shot more consistent at all the venues um, mm-hmm. as opposed to being up and down. But I did seem to to be more up on the bigger events than down on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I one of the things I respect is that you're continuously going you know, even if you have, if you've had a rough practice or a rough, like a YOLO, you know, what we got together at YOLO and shot, if you have like a rough day, it's not setting you back. You're like, okay, well, what's next? You know, yeah, grab I mean, my shit. Let's get out there and do it again. There's no reason to, I mean, I don't make a living at this. I don't even make money at it. I'm doing it <laughs> for, for the enjoyment. Yeah. For, for the, the camaraderie of, of hanging out with my buddies. Uh, to be outside. I mean, that's why I do it. I'm not doing it because, uh, I'm trying to make a mortgage payment. <laughs> I can, I, I can't even, I can't even make enough for a happy meal. So. <laughs> well, if I didn't have the podcast, I mean, podcast makes me a bean and cheese burrito every month. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, as far as shooting goes, I, I mean, yep. not many pro, even in the pro class make, a mortgage payment, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be yeah. some good guys up there. Um, yeah. with that being said, do you have any interest in getting your pro card now? Uh, no. Um, I've been asked that many times, but it just does me no good. That, I not... understand that. If you want to shoot yeah. championship, you definitely can in any class it's, yeah. or in any event. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. So. The, the events I shoot 
like Reading, I mm-hmm. shoot in what is deemed the championship division. I shoot the money there. Yeah. Um, so I don't, there's nothing I get out of it. Um, you know, some people sign up pro so they can say they're a pro and some people sign up pro because they want a free bow. But, <laughs> you know, I get, Mike, Mike, Mike treats me very well at wilderness as a shop shooter. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm one of I don't think I'm good enough to be a pro. So I also don't want that stigma of, of the pressure having to yeah. the pressure to perform at that level. Yeah. Like I would have been, I think, I think we calculated the scores and I would have been like fifth in the senior pro. Yeah. Fourth or fifth. I, that, I was just, that, eyeballing that's it. just, that's just kind of, you know, it's good, but it's just, it's just another guy, you know, it, you're, it's pretty damn good. And it's towards the top. It's not, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the bottom of the list. It's, it's better than 14th, but it's still, you know, those guys like Mark Rubio, who was third, mm-hmm. he was well ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was quite a bit of separation between the top three in senior pro and then the next group. Mm-hmm. So, um, Maybe not quite as much as you think, but fourth place was starting to creep up there, but only because Mark struggled a little bit on the animal round. If he would have shot even an average animal round, it wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been the compaction there. Right, right. So, well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Mark, yeah, Mark you're was right. Close. You got, you got to show up and shoot, and that's how it, how it works out. I mean, uh, the guy behind uh, Mark was Benton Christensen, and yeah. Yep. That guy, you know, he's not going to give you an inch. He's not going to give you any space. No. So. He's sneaky good, too, because, uh, you know, we, we're all shooting on the practice range, and you, you watch these guys that you've seen their names uh-huh. and how they shoot, and uh, he's sneaky good, shoots a wrist strap. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a funky draw and posture, but yeah. he, he looks super right in the he, middle. He looks really stiff, and yep. uh, – me and Jim were watching him in Vegas. We're shooting next to him in Vegas, and uh, you know, I did the fanboy thing. Oh, I love seeing you at Lancaster. You know, on the Lancaster uh, yeah. Classic, and and he was he had his wrist strap on, but he was shooting an Evo, like a Carter Evo, and we were like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? But we had to just watch and you know take it all in because you never know. You, you might learn something from the guy. So yeah, you you can pick up a lot of stuff uh, just by watching them go through their routine and. Mm-hmm. what they do and how they do it and then and then you can talk to them too I yeah mean, well all you guys I shot all you could i'm you know i know you're not taking the you're not taking the title of pro but i've i've asked you advice before and i have a bunch of yeah i, I got a but you know non-podcast questions about hunting stuff that i'll ask you later but <laughs> yeah yeah no i i get questions i i have people come over to the house and we super tune their bows and get them dialed in and oh but, yeah john you got john dialed up yeah john and we've got a few other shop guys that have come over and done it and mm-hmm. a couple buddies that are hunters only and but i that's just part of what i would do i mean i don't i just do it because it's it helps them more than i mean i don't get anything out of it than other than to help them but they get you know their bow dial in as good as it's going to get and they think, can go out and shoot better i think winning doug i think winning nationals has gone to your head i think you're going like <laughs> more humble <laughs> <You're> going... <laughs> no. No. So, tell me it, about it, 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 oh go sorry ahead. go ahead go ahead no you're good good you're the guest dude but 
No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, it's hard for me because I went there thinking I couldn't even compete really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, day one, you come out on top and you think, oh, maybe I got a chance. But then the, the other side of the coin is, oh, you know what? Everybody else just had a bad day and I had a decent day. So tomorrow they'll catch me. Well, and then it just starts getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, well, maybe I can. Maybe I can win this. Hell thing. yeah. And I mean, one, it's any dog's day. Two, you're, yeah. you're a guy who is, I would say, more critical to himself. You know, you're like a harsher judge. And I think that's one yes. of the things that plays to you shooting good scores. I mean, I know it's a hindrance. Some people, it's a hindrance, you know. And I know it has its drawbacks. But I think... That ultra critical self judgment has made you a guy that can win nationals. You know what I mean? In the end, yeah, I am probably my hardest critic for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think as you get older, like I remember what my sight picture used to look like <laughs> and how it used to be a lot steadier. So you think, no matter what, you mentally think. You're still capable of that, but it's very difficult to have it show up. And it does show up occasionally. It might show up for 10 targets uh, because of something. And then all of a sudden, reality comes creeping <laughs> back in, and, I and say it this, looks like a small Richter scale event. <laughs> I say this all the time, Doug. I used to shoot 40 ounces when I was, you know, when I was really hammering, I was shooting 40 ounces on my, on my bars total. Yeah. And now I'm still like, 12 maybe ounces yeah. and I know the feeling I'm like, you know, watching my bubble move makes me seasick. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, I don't know. I, I, I will probably always be my worst critic. I mean, well, we text afterwards and I mean, I, as soon as I got home, well, the next day I didn't shoot, but the following, the last three days I've shoot, I've changed a whole bunch of stuff because there was a lot of faults that showed up mm-hmm. on Sunday that I don't want to show up. So the best way to, to make those faults go away are to try and fix them. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. So let's talk about Sunday. Sunday was the animal round, correct? Sunday's the animal round, which, you know, in all honesty, should be a, a cakewalk. I think I had an 11-point lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I figured if I hit, you know, I probably average about, 16 dots on an animal round uh but i don't i don't ever think i'm gonna shoot an 18 so i just figured well if i had a terrible day and somebody had a really good day they'd have to shoot in the mid-20s to to overtake me so Mm -hmm. i thought that comfort would be would make my nerves go away and it was the exact opposite our practice target was like a 13 yard target i could barely keep my pin in the in the 20 ring so i was like what in the hell is going on and i got it off and i hit the dot just by happenstance but it was only the practice target mm-hmm. so it didn't matter and on all the, day long on the practice I target sh- doug do they only let you do one arrow because it's an animal round um you know we actually discussed that and I think you can shoot three. Mm-hmm. I didn't didn't do it, but I don't know. I don't think there's a rule that says you can't. So you didn't. Um, you only got one shot to get your willies out. Yeah, on and, the animal. and I 
I probably needed 30 because <laughs> <laughs> I was, I shot nervous and anxious all day. Mm-hmm. Like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and I'll tell you, it was a struggle. It was a, I, I'm not a, I shoot a button, but I don't punch. I really just kind of pull and I always tell myself just pull and relax and it'll go. And I punched a few times. And I'm, when I say a few, I mean like half of them <laughs> I sent on command because the sight picture was so poor mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to get these down range and just get, if I can just get twenties, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I caught a lot that I didn't think I should catch. Uh-huh. And I got to the point where I was like, since I'm doing this, I know historically if, if I punch, I will shoot low. So I was like, shoot a super strong, pull it back super strong. Like you're trying to pull the axles off. And if you punch it, it's going to be close because there's been no room for tension to be relaxed. It's uh-huh. going to stay a strong shot. Yeah. There won't be any and I was, going on. Correct. So when I was doing that, I was, I was still hitting dots. I hit, I think I hit eight or nine in a row and my lead just got bigger. And I was thinking, well, why be nervous anymore? And I was nervous the whole day, all day long. <laughs> Every arrow I thought, we had some 58 yard caribou or something. I pulled back once with my button and I, it was so bad. I could barely get the damn pin on the dot. And I was like, what's going on? And then I pulled my hinge out. Couldn't get my hinge to go off. Although it was sitting good, put my hinge away, pulled my button back out, had to let down on my fourth one. I was like, I got to send this thing. And so I got it up there in the, just close to the dot and sent it and it just pinwheeled it. And I was like, I must be the luckiest guy in the world right now. <laughs> so so that that was the day of the animal round and and i knew i've only had one other day where i got that kind of anxious and nervous Mm -hmm. and i told myself back then it was the last time the button was coming out Mm -hmm. um so i i've had days like that where it's intermittent uh i'm kind of the opposite of most people when it gets windy i put the button away because I get a little punchy with it right? As a, on kind of like drive-by. So I shoot my hinge and it doesn't let me do that. Right. It forces you to grind the shot out. Like, even Correct. Into it just the wind. forces you to, to work it back into the center. Yeah. So I, I literally have, I'm, I'm trying to abandon the button and just shoot the hinge. Um, so you only brought the I, button out for the animal day. What's that? Did you only, bust out the button for the animal round no no i shot the button all 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 weekend weekend. i see i see yeah i only pulled out the hinge i pulled one arrow back with the hinge and couldn't get it to go off because i was so jacked up they're trying to that i just put it it back yeah Yeah. um i totally have done that um and i know for buttons you like to shoot a stand is that correct yeah i've i've been shooting the goat most of the year Uh but i did shoot a stand i've shot the stand the last two weeks leading up to this because I do like the handle much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a little problems with some of the new stands have been, I don't know. I've probably had three or four of them that I've tried and they seem a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and tried another one and I, it, it feels like I got a, like the magical one that feels really good. Mm-hmm. So um, I shot that cause I do like the handle much better. Yeah. And, um, and I shot the, the stand, the stand clicker. Yes, that's what I was going to um, ask. 
so I was up there and Bodie came walking up and uh, on what day, uh, Thursday during the practice round. And I asked him if he was still shooting and he says, absolutely. And he offered to let me shoot it. So I shot it. And I think that could be a really good mix of the hinge button combo is what I'm hoping because I feel like I shoot my button better if I shoot my button well. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I get anxious, then my button really gets a little jumpy. Mm -hmm. the, the downfall to the clicker, when, when, I, when I was reading about it, was that it was going to induce some target panic. I, after shooting it, I don't think it will. But what takes some time to get used to is there's travel in it. So my, my button, when I shoot, it has zero travel. It, it's ready to go when you, when you want it to go. Uh-huh. So Bodie's is set up, which all of them will be, is where you have to actually physically push on the thumb barrel to the click. Oh. And the first arrow, I couldn't even get it to the click. Mark's watching me, and, and he's like, pull it. And I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> and your brain is wired to not push the button because it's right. supposed to make it go – it's supposed, supposed to make it fire. So it took me – the second draw, I pushed it to the to the click – and then I don't do it quite the way Joel Turner describes it. I shoot the click kind of like I shoot my hand. The click is just my starting point with the, the clicker button. Mm -hmm. And then I just shoot my shot. I aim and shoot my shot. What was beneficial is after the click, it was super crisp and super consistent. So it allowed me a, like the same starting point of pressure each time. Oh, where, where I don't always have that pressure with my button. Sometimes I get my thumb wrapped on it and I can feel the button pretty firm. Uh -huh. And then I pull through and it, it breaks. And then other times I notice sometimes when I pull to the rear, my thumb will ease up off the button, almost like I'm afraid to shoot it. Right. Type thing. Right. This one, because you've already engaged it and you've got tension on the barrel. It's like every shot i shot with it the tension was at ground zero was the same every time so it seemed like it broke really clean so i have one ordered and when it comes in it comes in and i'm gonna try and see how that goes that's but a pretty it was, neat concept you know I, it was i never really pictured it like that i talked to Bodie about it and trying to i was concerned how much travel there would be after the click to fire you know what would it feel like? Would you feel more travel or was it just a crisp break? And I, when I talked to him, I said, Hey, it feels like it's about an eight to 10 thousandths, like a hinge. Like if you can picture a sear that's got eight, 10 thousandths, mm -hmm. that's about the travel it felt. It was really, really quick and crisp. And, and I, I think it could be really good, but you know, the last three days practicing, I've been shooting my hinge and I've been pounding with it, mm -hmm. but but I'm practicing and everybody can win, win anything on the practice range. So true. <laughs> that uh, is so, true. So we'll see. Um, That's really, it, it, you and me set up our buttons very similar. That's the way you run your button is the same way I run mine with no travel. And yeah. do you put uh, like some spring tension in it? Um, mine's pretty hot. Um, pretty hot. like Bodie, when he handed me his release, he goes, Hey, be careful. That's hot. And I was like, I, I think I can handle this because mine's pretty hot. It's not hot like uh, uh, Jacob Pettit shoots a goat uh -huh. and he can lock his cock his sear 
and he can shake his release. In the, in oh, yeah, the and he'll fire. Yeah, I know a couple so people that got that, those. <laughs> that's hot, hot. Yeah. Um, mine, I, you know, I, I basically just trap the barrel with my thumb. Uh-huh. And, and then I give basically it a pull. just try and pull and relax at the same time. If I can relax the kind of the ligaments and muscles in the back of my hand while I'm pulling, the thing fires automatically. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty light. But yeah, that's I, I also have a tendency to to do the, the the ease up on the thumb as I'm pulling to the rear. And that's where my shot will get long or right, um, right. go past its optimal window. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting that you you put it like that. That's the same way I describe it to people is that you kind of have like a a runway and you want to take off somewhere in the middle of that runway, you know, not not too close mm-hmm. to the edge or too too early, you know. There's like a sweet spot that you got to get off. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. It's just that's where you find consistent shot timing. Have you or do you apply the Joel Turner? I know you said you don't do it exactly the same. But do you do you do some of the steps that Joel Turner talks about as far as you know um, setting up and then you know putting the pin where you want it and saying you know green light or whatever? <laughs> no, I mean I, I paid for his program. I bought his his shot IQ and I've watched it probably three different times. And mm-hmm. um, so Joel, his here's my my take on Joel's process is Joel was a a cop mm-hmm. and I retired as a cop and I, from what I gather and I don't, I don't know him that well. I've talked to him a few times, but it appears that he was probably uh, either part of their SWAT team or sniper team. And he was a long range guy. And most of my career was doing that. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of similar backgrounds and, and terminology is a little bit different between firearms and archery. It, to me, he's taken a lot of firearm concepts and transferred them into archery. So the terminology is different, but he's saying a lot of the same stuff that's been said many, many times before, but with different words and people are looking at it like, Hey, this is a totally different new concept. And it's, it's really not. Um, right. I've heard it, that it's said really this, before by yeah, other it, people, like this has been around for a while. Yeah, I think what what happens is, and it's it's good is that people will learn in different ways. And like he says, I think he says something like single single digit manipulation, meaning he's pushing with the thumb with just that one digit. That's all you have to worry about that one digit. Mm-hmm. That's you know you could also say just push with your thumb, mm-hmm. but single digit manipulation sticks in people's heads. And if that's how they learn and that's just something that they can think about and remember, it's probably better for them. So I I think it's worthwhile uh, for certain people, depending on how they learn. And it's probably really worthwhile to a new archer who has none of the bad habits yet. Right. Uh, And if obviously, if you look at his number one student, his son, Bodhi, Mm -hmm. The kid is a machine yeah. uh, to watch shoot. He walked up on the practice day with me when I was there, and he let me shoot his his release. And then when I gave it back to him, he shot an arrow. It was like an inch low below the dot at 60. He gave it a few clicks. It was like a tweener at six. He gave it a few more. It was right in the X. <laughs> and he literally just 
and I'm talking not in the X, but on the spider. He moves his indicator, <laughs> yeah. and he's done. He's like a fucking three arrows, and robot. he's sighted in. He's like a team one thousand. Yeah, I was like, that is, it, it's truly amazing to watch guys at that level. All those guys are, yeah. you know, the Stefan Hansons, the James Lutz, all those guys are, they're truly the, Ma- the top of their craft. Yeah. Masters yeah. of their they, craft, they, they exactly. Are, they are really something pre- uh, impressive. Even, you know, I didn't even, Gaius, we talked about him briefly, that, that, that guy is a machine. Mm-hmm. And I shot with him at Reading this year, and I got to watch it right up close and personal and, and there, there's no thought he he kind of reminds me of Paige. he's happy-go-lucky all the time just kind of kind of like an eeyore just dump it dump dump but then when he steps up to the line it's like 110 percent. everything else is blocked out he shoots two arrows right in the middle puts his release away and he's right back to not caring about anything else i've noticed that too watching it, some of the top guys shoot it's like you can see their focus it's almost yeah. like a it's almost like they're pulling this thing out of their their um release pouch and it, you know what I mean it's like it's like an I, I item think, they have almost <laughs> you can almost see I it I think when they reach down into the release pouch that's when like the focus comes out mm-hmm. it's when they click I on I mean Paige is another one um even though she's from up here I've hardly ever shot with Paige but I shot with her two Maybe it was two years ago at Break the Barriers, both days. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she don't care about shit yeah. until until she steps up to the line. And then there's nothing else she cares about yeah. except for that arrow. And it is, it is truly uncanny how the focus can be turned on so sharp, so crisp, and then turned off immediately and for three or four minutes till the next target. And then it's right back on. It was, that's where I, that's where, you know, I learned more just watching. I don't have to ask her a question. I don't have to ask Jesse a question. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to shoot with some of the best archers in the world and just watching them. I'll get better. Mm-hmm. You pick up their, their cadence oh, and then you, yep, everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. True. I shot with, with Braden Gillantine and Dan McCarthy at Reading a couple years back. And like, I've heard stories about Dan people. Some people hate him. Some people love him mm-hmm. to me. Nicest guy going him and Emily both were super nice, but that guy is a professional's professional, man. There was everything about what he did was you could see was just done top level. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's why he's at where he's at because there's no, no stone unturned in his playbook. It, it's truly amazing. Yeah. It, it's funny you say that. Um, I was shooting like this morning. I was shooting a bunch of broadheads at a block target, and like this, this Asian guy walks up. And he's like, "Man, that's amazing." He's like, "I wish I could do that." I was like, "Dude," I was like, "There's guys that can put all those arrows to like touching further." And I was like, "I wish I could do that." <laughs> like, this is just the yeah. tip of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. It's a it's a weird game we play, but we still go back to it. Well, it's awesome. There's always room for improvement. There's there's never a day where you go, oh, I've got it figured out, and I'm it's going to be perfect from here on out. Mm-hmm. That thought's never come into my mind. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Randy Tucker told me he said we're the 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 goal is perfection, 
and he's like, and we're always chasing it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I've always that's always stuck with me, and it's one of the things I love about the sport. You know? Yeah, it is. It's it's a and it's a tough game, mostly because of the mental side of it. Mm-hmm. Is like if I can go, you know, for like a field round, there wasn't a single field round I didn't hit the dot at any specific target, but why can't I hit it all four times? You know, I just shot one in the middle. Why can't I shoot the next? What changes inside of a minute that I, I screw up the second shot or the third shot or the fourth shot. Mm-hmm. But obviously it does. Yeah. It's just, Oh yeah. It's not a game of perfect for me. I know. Uh, so all, I notice it in the indoor when you're shooting the 20 yards over and over again, there's times when I draw back and I'm like, who who the hell am I? This feels totally different than the shot I just took. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think it, it's I think guys it, that are really good are either used to that or avoid it altogether somehow. Yeah, it, it it's crazy. Uh, even this last weekend in Darrington, I think there was only one five sixty shot. Damn. In so normally the 560s, several people shoot them, and the X count is the divider. But I, I don't, I don't, I think there was only one shot for some reason. I think there was one shot on the field round, uh-huh. and and I don't know if there was any shot on the on the uh, hunter round. I'll have to look at look at. Yeah, all. and I, I didn't, I didn't look as closely on the day two, but I, on day one, I think there was only one 560 shot, and I was just like, and I expected a lot more, but. You know the course was a little bit different, and you know you're at the pressure of performing at that that event. Yeah, yeah, big time. I'm fucking terrified of Darrington, so <laughs> I would rather <laughs> well, fly to Mechanicsburg. <laughs> well, you can you can fly there next year. No, no, right. that's okay. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm having fun watching you guys. I I'm gonna make a a plea to my wife to let me do the Outlaws so I could join you guys. And mix I think you would do well at. Darrington. So Darrington's range when you're not on the flat, uh-huh. it's like uh, Cascadian Bowman. Yeah, it's I, got I hate big, huge dug firs with ferns all over. I hate that one but too. But it's it's much thicker than uh, Cascadian. Cascadian, you can see, you know, a couple hundred yards out in front of you in some targets. Uh-huh. At at Darrington, there is no thick. there is no field of view. <laughs> you can see the target and. You can hear people shooting around you, but you don't see them. Uh, it's it's pretty thick in some places. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's funny that no, you bring no, up you... Cascadia because uh, the Cascadian Bowman is a range that I'm also like, eh, I'm okay. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it is a very. It's just technical. I'm yeah, not, I do. I do enjoy the technical courses because yeah. I I feel like I I can get them figured out okay. But they do, like, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm exhausted, like I just ran mm-hmm. all day long because yeah. I'm so worked up about trying to figure out a cut and paying attention to my sight and then trying to stay strong because if you get weak on a technical course, the misses are bigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they you punish can get, you. You can, you can get weak at 35 yards on a dead flat target and still catch a dot. Yeah. But – at 35 side hill downhill or uphill and you get weak you miss yeah forgiveness is gone out the window at that point um so doug what's the next i know you said okay so you got home you started working the kinks out of you know you're starting to kind of go back to analyze the kinks in your game 
for the next event. What is the next event that you're going to shoot? Uh, uh, if, if I have time, I'm going to shoot the state 900. Um, I can't shoot it locally because it's on a hunting trip, mm-hmm. but I might, I might go up to Reading and shoot it when I get back from that trip. I think it's like the 23rd of September or somewhere in that, that area. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and I don't even know if I will. I mean, the state 900 doesn't get my juices flowing. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of a boring shoot. Yeah. But I do like to shoot those events. It's uh, a, it is an event, you know? So Yeah, yeah. I would like to go to Pacifica, but we're going to be scouting. And Pacifica just is a tough weekend for uh, for shoot there. If you can't get a motel room because it's three yes. or 400 bucks a night. Yes camping was had gone away for a little bit now i hear they're letting you camp but it's first come first serve so you can't really go down there saturday morning shooting and hope to be able to camp there unless you just feel like sleeping in the dirt somewhere true true so but but it's just a bad bad week and it's just we're gearing up for hunting and yeah where are you gonna go hunting at? So, well i was oh for five and drawing tags in any state so i'm hunting here in california i'll be in the trend of the alps that's where i i spend most of my hunting time okay so i have a question regarding that i know i always say this is like a target podcast but now i'm getting so like boned up on yeah. on hunting now um where i know mark likes the trinity alps also mm-hmm. where you guys hunt is that still considered b zone yeah all b zone damn so you guys just hike yep. you guys just hike your asses way up there well, you don't have to, you know, you can get away from the majority of hunters if you just, a couple of ways you can do it is you hunt the second weekend and 99%, well, I'll say 90% of California hunters are first weekend hunters only, uh-huh. uh, yeah. especially in the wilderness. And then if they don't kill anything, they don't ever go back to the wilderness. They might hunt places they can drive to and, and, and hunt around there. But as far as packing into the wilderness, usually that's a one weekend thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, we'll pack in. I think we're going to go scout. I think we're about seven miles in, six or seven miles in. And then we'll poke around each day and try and find where they're at, if they're going to be there. You know, Trinity Alps burned up pretty good two years ago. And um, we'll just see what the habitat looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, Do you guys get where you guys are at? Is it is is it close to X zone? Uh, no, I would say the closest X zone to the Trinity Alps is probably X one, okay. uh, which is still along the Oregon border, but you know, the B zones creep right to the edge of I five. Yes. Um, yeah. and that's the border, at least for record book keeping for blacktails is the interstate five mm-hmm. border. Um, and then you get a few C zones and then you get to the X zones. And how long do you uh, go for it, Doug? Uh, it depends on who I'm with and where we're going. I mean, I've been, I've been in the Trinity Alps for one stretch for 12 days in a row and like seven of them, I was by myself and those are long, long trips. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. but I don't prefer, I used to prefer to hunt by myself, but I've, I've gone away from hunting as I just want to go kill something to, I've got to the point where I'm starting to enjoy the outdoors more mm-hmm. and the camaraderie and more hanging out with people. Yeah. More so a social butterfly the, now. Yeah. Well, yeah, no one's ever going to accuse me of being a social <laughs> butterfly. 
<laughs> but I do go for the social aspect of it now as much as the hunting. I still thoroughly want to punch my tag on every hunt I go on. Hell yeah. But it's not the end-all, be-all. Well, before, I could literally leave my truck, never see a person for five or six days, kill an animal and come out and think it was the best thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> now it's, you know, it would still be good, but it wouldn't. I'd rather do it with a buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's freaking cool, man. You know, I'm I'm trying to convince my dad and uncle to, I'm like, please, please, can we go to B-Zone? And that my uncle said, we're going to die in A-Zone. So, uh, <laughs> well, when he dies, so that's gonna, when I get to gonna, go to B-Zone. <laughs> you're going to die hot and hot and sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Sunburn. <laughs> probably, probably without much deer either. <laughs> yeah. So, I shot a doe last year, and I was telling my dad, I had a doe tag, or either sex tag. I know it's nothing to brag about. Um... I shot a doe and I'm I'm gutting her and I'm telling my dad like man how much meat do you think I can get off of her and my dad's like I don't know 15 10 pounds <laughs> and I was like come on dad and then I go to you know do the Cameron Haynes like flip it over my shoulders and I almost threw the fucking deer into the tree it was so light <laughs> it was yeah it was embarrassing so yeah well the further north you go generally the the size of the deer will get a little larger, Ooh. but even on like a like a, an average blacktail, mm-hmm. like processed meat, if you can get forty five to sixty five pounds, you're probably doing pretty good. Yeah, with a, I think also shooting a blacktail. buck gets you more meat than shooting a doe. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as of right now, I'm just a I, I have no buck experience. Well. So. You're hunting in the hardest spot to kill bucks. If you're not hunting private property in A zone, public property A zone is a tough deal to hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's what the these old rednecks that are my family members are just <laughs> fucking stubborn. Um, so Doug, I just want to ask you a couple more things. Yeah, you got it. I wanted to ask. I'm retired. You, I got nothing to do. I love it, man. <laughs> I know you like to. Do you still ride your bike? Uh, not as much anymore. Uh, it just, it's time yeah. you to go ride all the time. You know, it's a good, it's a three hour afternoon. So what so. are you, you putting your time more into uh, archery? Um, I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I eat, I shoot my bow and I play golf. Damn. That sounds like the fucking life. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the average day is that. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, tournaments, uh, the hunting trips, fishing trips, that kind of stuff. But that's kind of the average day. A I lot should, of golf tournaments too. So I should have been a cop. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, in my luck, I would have been the guy that kneeled on George Floyd though. So yeah, yeah. well, yeah. He only got railroaded. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm with I'm with you, dude. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So just uh, I'll save you here. What what arrow were you uh, shooting this weekend? You know, shockingly enough, I changed about two weeks prior. Mm -hmm. So I was shooting the gold tip um, Pierce tours. Yeah. And I felt like I was, and I don't know why I felt like this. It might have felt like this because I'm I'm just always hypercritical, but I felt like I was getting left and rights. And I felt I was shooting V-bars. And I felt like when my sight picture started to break down, the lateral movement was going a lot further than I remember. And I'd only equated it to my V bar would start going one direction. 
And then when I corrected it, because there's weight on that side, it was going further the other direction. Mm -hmm. So I stripped off and went to a single sidebar and I went back to my ultralight pros, which I honestly have shot the highest scores I've ever shot with ultralight pros in my life. So it's a damn I good stuck arrow. those on. That's a yep, good arrow. I stuck those on. I spent about an hour on the phone with Gillingham going over the pros and cons. And he, you know, with his technical savvy, uh, talked over my head a lot, but ultimately said it, it potentially is a more forgiving, easier tuning arrow. Ooh. Um, only because, you know, you the string path of on your string is only what an eighth inch thick, 110 thousandths, 115 thousandths uh-huh. pushing behind a narrower arrow. It needs to be pushed in the center more consistently mm-hmm. as opposed to if you get it pushed over to the side, it can, it can immediately get offline where a fatter arrow has a larger sweet spot per se for yes. that string path to be in. So I put them on, and I went to a single sidebar and this could be a combination of doing both at the same time, but my left and right misses were literally, I won't say they were gone in a day, but I went from missing enough to where it was noticeable to me to where I, I was no longer even thinking about it. Hell yeah. And so I shot the ultralight pros, um, all weekend. It was the first tournament I shot with them in a long, long time. Uh, and I thought they did great. So Hell I kept yeah. them up. But they're not making them anymore. They're going to be the velocity pros are the same exact arrow mm-hmm. that was just on the hunting side. They're just going to that's going to be the branded arrow is going to be the velocity pro. Well, will be the only one available coming up. You going to shoot those next year? Uh, I don't know. I talked to Tim. Tim was shooting the the black label quantums, which are kind of they're like a rebranded airstrike. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have some of those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the airstrikes. I think mostly because of that coating that's on them. Uh huh. Um, but um, I do like that size arrow. Mm-hmm. So it's that, kind of like I the five mil, right? Yeah, five it, mil. It's yeah. I don't. I think it's a two o four inside diameter and like two twenty five outside, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, maybe that's the best of both worlds. I get a little bit wider arrow to help with you know, any of those bad releases, I might get a little bit more forgiveness. Um, but you also get the wind fighting ability of a skinnier shaft. Mm-hmm. So I don't know for sure yet. Um, I, I've been shooting the ultralight pros, you know, this week and I, I won't change until I, I make a, a final change for, which will really be for next year. Hell yeah. Something, something I look at. So, I'll probably get six of them and uh, try them out. See how they do. Yeah, oh, I, I, I might. I've heard you. rumors there might be some black label Velocity Pros coming out. So Ooh, that'd be cool. if there are, I might, I might try and get some of those. So we'll see. I got uh, the LRTs and they're just. I like them because they look cool, but it's yeah, just that, Pierce Tour. Yeah, it it's a rebranded Pierce Tour with. I believe it has a different finish on it though too. Yes, it's a uh, slick. Uh, it's kind of like um, yeah the um victories get this slick going yes. on the outside. Yeah, I think yeah. they got a lot of Other people complaining that, about them being hard to pull and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, and, that, and that's that's great that they did that, but they really just rebranded a Pierce Tour. They mm-hmm. didn't. There's nothing novel about them, uh, yeah. but it's good marketing. You change the name, 
uh, put a new finish on it, and everybody wants to sell their Pierce tours and buy LRTs. So I, I did that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> hey, that's business right there. They got me. <laughs> yep. Um, so my last question, Doug, is for next year. Um, who is your outlaw partner going to be? Uh, I don't have an outlaw partner yet, and I'm going to have mulligans, which is going to be a good thing. So oh. uh, <laughs> I dropped. I dropped off zero to, I think I got one at Nevada City, mm-hmm. but in February I'll get I'll go to two, uh, but not February. Yeah, maybe it is February. No, March I'll go to two, which might be between the first and second um, outlaw. So, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, who knows? That first outlaw, you might yeah. shave it back to a zero. Well, you never know. But, but I by would then, love to. by I, then you'll get to I, pick. You already have your pick of the litter with the yeah, teammates. For, I'd prefer to shoot at a zero because that's I think that's the ultimate goal: is shoot the best you can. Yeah. I'd also prefer the outlaws just go to no mulligans. Mm-hmm. Everybody shoots as a zero, and you flight it, and just be done with all the sandbagging. Yes. The the oopsies I didn't know yeah. having to keep track of all these. The, the scores reveal Randy Long is, it, you know, it's he spends 15, 20 hours a week during the outlaw season keeping track of all that. I and know. It's, just, and it's like it's it's a lot of work, and it it could go away. And the the downfall is people will say, well, some people won't shoot, and but you know, I I don't think it will change a whole lot because we forced everybody to join the individual side. And no one complained when we started passing out money all over. And then, uh, because when it's flighted, you got a chance. And that was your Something contribution, like right, to the outlaws was the flighted. Uh, I I that... think I was the first person to start mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that made a huge difference with. I do too. I, people I, being jazzed, you know. You know, I feel better if if you hand me a check for twenty five dollars at the end of the day, even if it cost me a hundred. I feel like I did something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, there was a lot more money spread out and a lot more to give out. We were giving, I forget what the total number out. I, I know Randy told me at one point this year, but, uh, there was a lot of money given out this year to the outlaws. Mm-hmm. And I think the split, I think the split is 60% teams and 40% individual somewhere in there. It could be 35, 65, mm-hmm. but those individuals, in the flight uh, that are, you know, shooting eight eighties, eight seventies, they would, they would never ever have a chance at any money ever because they don't have enough mulligans to compete in the team event. And, and that's flighted too. But as a team, it's, there's still sandbagging going on. Yeah. I mean, but they're, they're making money in the individual side. And I think that, Anytime you can pay more people, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, and it'll bring it'll bring more people. Those guys will tell their friends. Yeah. You... Yep, because they're gonna say, "Hey, it costs you a hundred bucks, but you could just get lucky and win the third flight and get a hundred and fifty dollars back." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I kind of like stumbling over my words, but the more people that come, the more competitive archery is in California. The better we all get, and I think. Um, What's kind of cool is with you winning nationals, it's like you and Mark and Randy, 
you guys have kind of put – I mean, the Wilderness team is like kind of the representatives for high-level shooting for California. You know how I, I used to always say like Washington's got a bunch of killers. Montana's got a bunch of killers, right? As at this moment, wilderness has the you know the killers in California. You guys are putting for you guys are waving the flag. You know, I mean, granted you're waving it for California, but they, we can look at it in a positive yeah. light. You know, you guys are. I don't know. Are you guys proud? Are you proud of that? Are you. Uh, I don't quite see it as well. <laughs> I think Mark has done an amazing job this year. Yes. I, I obviously, agree. he was my partner at Reading, and I watched him shoot his score at Reading, and. It's the best I've ever seen him shoot, ever. Yes. Whether we were practicing anything, he was locked in. He was committed to his shots. Uh, it was just a pleasure to watch. Some of that, I think, was confidence after winning Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I think Mark has – he's moved up into another tier to me. Yes, um, I, I would agree with you also. Like somebody at Darrington said – you know, uh, you guys practicing together probably helps you both. And I was like, make no mistake. Mark is dragging me along. There's nothing about what I do that's helping Mark guaranteed. He's never had a tournament going, Oh, that Doug guy, he's going to really push me today. It ain't (laughs) happening where I can go, man, if I can just keep Mark in my sights, I'm going to have a really good day. So I I agree. (laughs) So Uh, there's a different level. Except He's, he's at a level like I always say, the top tier guys, like in the senior division, you probably have, you know, maybe five to seven guys who could win on a given weekend. And it's probably closer to five. Mm-hmm. Mark is one of those guys. Yes. And then there's the tier below those guys who are always going to be in the six to 15 range. I'm one of those guys. I am. I don't shoot as good a shot as Mark. I don't shoot as good as group as marks and I'm okay with that. I just know my ability is not at that level and probably never will be. And that's, that's okay with me. I'm not doing it to, to do anything, but then to enjoy the game of archery. Well, so Doug, I don't mean to like blow smoke up your ass or anything, but when I shoot with you, you're pushing me, you know, you're definitely a guy that pushes. So, I know what you're saying about Mark. Mark's definitely yeah. like elite tier, like diamond, you know, diamond dust. Um, yeah. But, I mean. I think I have that opinion because I have literally, I don't know, I've been shooting the Reading money for the last, I don't know, 15 plus years. And all those, some of those were in Boner Freestyle. When you go to the freestyle money at Reading, and then break the barriers, I have literally got to shoot with the world's best mm-hmm. archers. So when you're shooting with them, you see how far below you are of that level. Mm-hmm. Like, arguably, I could say Paige may be the best archer in the world. Not the best female archer. She may be the best archer in the world. Yeah. That's how good she is. I hate to um, admit it, but I, I do agree. You know, she... Jesse. She's at one there. point was the best archer in the world. And he's still in the upper, upper, upper echelon. Right. But he's also aging. You know, it it's, it's harder for him to compete too, because, you know, he's 10 years past where he was really 
the the main man where everybody looked at it and go, oh, Jesse's here. We're shooting for second place. That has moved on because the archers have gotten the younger archers have gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. But Jesse's also aging too, and your you know fine motor skills start to deteriorate a little bit. So you start seeing when you're shooting with those people all the time, you start seeing what the the, the capability of people are. And you, that's why I feel like I'm in that tier below because I don't think on my best practice day, I could shoot at their level. Like, like Bodie said, he wants to shoot 112 X field or hunter round, mm-hmm. a perfect score. You could give me, you could give me 40 targets and I might not get 112 X's. So <laughs> it's just a totally different game for those guys. Yeah. Well, I, um, Truly, truly. Like, they've mastered it. You know, they got yeah. their black belt in it. I, yeah. I'm right there with you where it, it seems so far out of reach. But you never know, Doug. You never know. Yeah. I like to be hey. blissfully optimistic, you know? Yeah, I know. It, you, you do never know. That's that's why we show up and shoot because mm-hmm. you never know if that's the day. If you pull back and on your first arrow, that thing is sitting dead in the center and it breaks like it was an accident. You never know. You could have one of those days. Yeah, the good um, days come around. Like those really. Yeah, happen. they do. And if you time them right, and they're at a good event, all of a sudden you you win. So, uh, I just I'm pretty realistic about where I think I am and where mm-hmm. I know other people are. So that's kind of I think there's that upper echelon tier of the really top level. Yeah. Either either senior pros or even adult pros you know your ability where you would stack and elite stack, level. Yeah. Yeah. I stack below that elite level. I'm not one of those guys. Well, um, it should be known. The level that you stack at, uh, is labeled national champion. <laughs> well, <laughs> <All> right, <bud. laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, I'll just say I was pretty fortunate at that, that I think that's, I don't know. That, that might be my fourth, but it was my first field one. And probably, probably, Maybe the hardest one for me mm-hmm. was that one. Uh, that's, a hard, I, that's a hard discipline. It, field it, it, it's a field archery, I think, is the most difficult uh, form. Yeah. Uh, or or discipline, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the safari stuff, like the Redding stuff, that's what we shoot all the time. So when we go to Redding, we just think it's yeah, another prime. day. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's just what we do, where, you know, some. East coaster comes to Reading and goes, Oh, this is, these are the orange dot things. And we're like, this is just another day yeah. of practice for us. They're so like, I can't shoot my triple different. X's. <laughs> yeah. Just different. Well, there were some, there were many, many guys who showed up on Sunday. For with, the animal day. Yep. Animal with, with day. 27s. Well, I only, I saw several with 25s. I didn't see anybody with 27s. Some yeah, guys brought dude. new bows. New yeah, bows. I believe like, it. Yeah. The, I, I, I think it. it was the kid who, I think the kid who won the adult freestyle, the amateur one, I believe he showed up with 25s and a new bow and he, it was close for like 17 targets. And then all of a sudden he just went on a roll and just smashed them all. So, Dang. um, there, there's something, I think there could be something to that mm-hmm. at that venue because the wind, wind was not a factor in those big trees. The kid that beat me um, for shooter of the year brought 27s to the animal round yeah 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 it's it's it it could be if 
you know, I don't, I only have one target bow, so I would have had to, you know, bring two sights for the most part. Yeah. You can shoot them un, untuned, but I just figured, well, one is I went there thinking, well, I'll just be in the middle of the pack. So what do I care about? You know, an extra, what am I going to get an extra three or four dots? You know, I just figured it wouldn't make a difference. Um, but those guys, there was some, some gaming of that. And I think that's the right way to do it. If your interest is to hit as many as you can. Yeah. If you're trying to max uh, the score out. Sure. Yep. I, I think, I think there's something to that. So yeah. I think may, maybe if, if I Bodie does that as well, or if he just rolls the same, <clears throat> you know, yeah. I obviously I didn't shoot with him. Um, uh, I shot near him a couple times. I saw him on the range a few times. Uh, I only saw him with his X tens. I didn't see him with anything yeah. else. So, yeah. so I think uh, I think it can be a useful trick, but I think some guys just don't need it. Yeah, and and obviously the it, sixty yards is the max range. Yes, and they shoot those triple X's out in the the known fifty and uh, true. Uh, a lot of those guys do. So, you know, stretching out, you really have six arrows over 50 yards during an animal round. So it's not many. Uh, so, you know, it's I can see doable. guys very doable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn Doug, we did, uh, an hour 20 buddy. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I just want you, you to know, dude, I'm a big fan. Uh, super happy to see you do this. And, uh, man, I, I just hope I get to shoot with you next year. Oh, we'll shoot plenty. We'll shoot plenty. I appreciate you uh, extending the invitation. I had to. I had to, man. <laughs> no, you don't have to do anything, man. Trust me. Uh, like it amongst my my peer group of friends that I talked to, it was dude. You got to talk to Doug. <laughs> so well, I, ho- hopefully somebody gets something out of it other than maybe eighty minutes of nonsense. But no, dude, there's a lot. <laughs> you got a lot of wisdom, man. And I, the way you talk, you talk like. You don't talk like a national champion. Talk like a regular dude. So well, it's last I checked, I am just a regular dude <laughs> with a big silver bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fill it full of hot tamales or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh well, thanks again, Doug. Congratulations. All man. right, Wendell. Take care. All we'll, right, man. Uh, see you at the next one. I'll see you soon. Okay. Later, Bye-bye. buddy. Bye. All right, guys. That was our episode with. Doug Rosin, um, the dude is super humble, and uh, you know, I just feel the need to to talk about how great this guy is because he doesn't talk himself up nearly enough. Um, I've seen the guy shoot some amazing scores, and he totally embodies this whole this any dog's day thing. And I mean, he doesn't talk about it. But the fact that he's shooting for the love of the sport, he's not trying to game the system. He's not trying to get anything out of it. He goes out there and shoots because he truly loves archery. And I I feel like that is my end goal in this sport now, is to, is to stick with it. I mean, not stick with it, but get over the whole, you know, what can I get for free type mentality um keep in mind i i did just get lrts from gold tip (laughs) but uh think about that guys why do you shoot the sport all right or why do you shoot archery why do you do anything you know um if you're doing it for any other reason than you love doing it (laughs) it's probably the wrong reason all right 
Um, so I, I just gotta say, um, bravo to Doug. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. I've been a huge fan for the last few years now. Um, just cause he's super cool. I remember when I first met him, he kind of came off as like a scary or unfriendly guy. Um, but once you get to know him, the dude's one of the funniest, uh, friendliest guys there is. So, uh, rock on, Doug. Congratulations. Uh, your friends at Archery Unfiltered are big fans of yours. And we were watching your scores the whole time at Field Nationals. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, Doug had some pretty cool insights. Um, you know, the whole you know, bigger arrow thing, the fact that Tim threw down such a phenomenal score with Quantums, it's like got me going, hmm, maybe the five mil is where I'm going to go next. Who knows? So, um, yeah, cool stuff to look into. Well, all right, guys. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to work my joke. I had a joke <coughs> asking um, Doug who his uh, outlaw partner was going to be. I just picture it a white guy, okay? And I was going to say, man, that's going to be the perfect team. You guys are going to be like an all-white yin and yang. <laughs> Stupid joke, damn it. Uh, this is how I'm going to do it now. If I don't get my jokes in during the interview, I'm just going to give them up at the end. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you guys happen to see Doug, give him a pat on the back or uh, befriend him on Instagram or whatever tell them tell them you're a fan okay and uh we'll see you guys soon i'm going hunting tomorrow gonna go for that buck so i'll let you guys know how that goes maybe i'll do a little maybe i'll do a drive down a hunting podcast we'll see all right guys um have a great weekend all right guys i want to share one of my favorite products with you guys it is the baker archery products pro shop vice uh my buddy butch out in idaho makes a sick bow vise. Uh, and you guys are probably wondering, well, why do I need a bow vise? It makes working on your bow super easy. It's one of those must-have things, like a bow press. Um, the shop vise, you mount it somewhere on your table. You know, with it, you can manipulate your bow any which way and lock it into a stationary position. You can level your sight axes. You can set up arrow rests, install D-loops, knock sets. Shit like that becomes real easy, stuff you can do really fast on the fly. Um, and, you know, you probably do it better quality than doing it just sitting on your couch <laughs> in front of the TV. I'm not the only guy that likes these products. You guys might have heard of Kyle Douglas, and he uses these. If you have any interest in seeing how they work, check out my Instagram. I'm going to put up a setup video where I'm setting up my hunting bow with one of these bad boys. They are sold at BakerArcheryProducts.com for the low price of $240. Through PayPal, you could be paying really low payments, like $22 a month. These things are legit, well worth the money. When you break it down into payments, shit, it, it's cheaper than hell. Check them out, BakerArcheryProducts.com. Tell my buddy Butch I directed you that way so he knows it is worth sponsoring this podcast, okay? All right. What's up, guys? You guys know my opinions on bowstrings. I think the, well, I think the top bowstrings in the world are made by Tom Parkinson, uh, followed up by uh, Austin Kincaid. Those are some of my two favorites. 
I'm currently shooting uh, a set of bowstrings made by my good friend Nick Ingham, and I would urge you guys to get out and check them out. Uh, Flingham Nation Bowstrings, it's an Idaho company, takes pride in every strand using only the best material, 452X, trusted by the pros. This is true, myself and Nick included. Well, I don't think I'm a pro anymore, but Nick is definitely a pro. Uh, stretch for hours, uh, ready to go for performance. I know Nick stretches the strings under an insane load. Um, you know, and you guys, if anyone knows Nick Ingham, he's a, an elite shooter. He is, I mean, I don't mean the bow company. He is a badass shooter. He's been on the podium with guys like um, Chris Schaff and uh, Kyle Douglas. Uh, if you guys want to check these strings out, go to flingemnation.com. That's flingemnation.com. Uh, you can follow Instagram, uh, follow on Instagram, Facebook, Flingham Nation. Um, and another thing, guys, if you order a set of strings from Nick, uh, use code UNFILTERED. You get 10% off a set of strings. I, I'm personally all about, uh, well, first, I'm all about Nick. I, I love Nick as a dude, personally. Um, I love his family. And he's he's breaking into string building, and he's building a damn fine set of strings. Uh, I'm going to post up a video pretty soon of uh, me installing his strings, doing some timing setup on my bow. And uh, you guys can see the quality on there. All right? All right, y'all. Check them out. Fling them bow strings. Guys, my favorite stabilizer is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. I've been talking about this bar for three years now. Um, if you guys know me, you know I am a whore for gear. And the one thing I've kept constant is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. You're probably going to ask why. <laughs> well, quite frankly, the Carbon Craft Stabilizer is the stiffest, lightest, dampest stabilizer I've ever shot. Um... For the money, for the price point, it beats any other stabilizer. Performance-wise, it beats any other stabilizer. Uh, if you're shooting any other bar, it's probably just because you're shilling. All right? Check them out. Carbon Craft Stabilizers. You can order them with my friend Brian Webb down in Fresno, or you can call Rudy Sandoval at West Coast Archery. Finally, the show is brought to you by my friends Darren and Bet out in Napa, California. They are the owners and operators of DB Custom Coatings, the Coders out of Napa. Um, my friends Darren and Bet, they Saracote bows. They can make your old shitty bow look freaking new and awesome. They can make your boring stock colors look rare and special. Uh, Darren does an amazing job Saracoting. He does anything from solid colors to American flags to fades to anything. I've seen him do a galaxy on a PSE before. It was nuts. Um, he does Casey Caulfield's bow. All right? Check that out. Casey Caulfield on the side of the Lancaster truck. She's shooting the bow that Darren Saracoded. What does that tell you? Darren ain't no slouch. The dude is good enough for the Caulfield family. So, uh... Yeah, Darren's the shit. He's a super cool guy. He does releases too. You know, don't don't just think that he doesn't uh, do other things. I know he's done inserts or outserts. I think for hunting arrows for Chris Schaff. 
all kinds of stuff. So if you guys are interested, hit them up. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Uh, you know, if you're a gun nut, if and you can disassemble your your rifle, Darren can Cerakote that shit pink for you. You know, um, check them out. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Those guys are my friends. They are the one of the longtime oldest and biggest supporters of the show. So show them some love. All right. All right, everyone. Good night. Peace.